It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special edition of Rico Brony. It's the beginning of a brand new series, the Killer Series, where we talk to people throughout Met history that killed us, that gave us great suffering. And I think this is the right guy to open this series up with. A man who with one pitch, and it was really more than one pitch, caused us great pain and anguish and has really sent us as Met fans into a long period of despair. So before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of every single Met fan out there, on behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night, on behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright, can you go fuck yourself? <laughs> wow. Well, you weren't kidding. You were. You came in hot. Um, well, you know, out of respect for you and your podcast and what a great job y'all do, uh, or what I thought you did. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to, uh, you know, be gentle. So I, I didn't, I didn't face the camera towards that. Oh, you son. Like, I see what you're doing. I see what you're showing. Yeah, I see all yeah, that. See that? That's the 06 World Series Championship celebration. So I just didn't know if you could see it. Can yeah. you see it? Oh, no, I see it. It's, yeah, I see it. It's right there. It's just very pretty. It's very, very nice. Yeah, that's me right there. I'm celebrating. <laughs> oh, I see it. All right. Let me ask you this. Because I think to, to me, to many Met fans, like whenever we talk about worst moments as fans, that's a game that comes up. That's a moment that comes up. And I'm just curious for you, because with all due respect, you've had a hell of a career and you accomplished a lot. This was early in your career. This was you as a young pitcher closing because of an injury. Is this like a very special moment to you? Is it almost equal in love <laughs> to the pain we suffer from it, striking out Beltran the way you did? Let, let me tell you this. Um, the best chirp and biggest compliment at the same time I ever received from a fan from the stands was at City Field last year. And it was one of those movie type moments where, you know, everyone's chirping and hollering and whatever. But then it just kind of like went silent all of a sudden. And there was this one particular guy, and I hope he's listening to this so he feels special too. <laughs> he goes, Wainwright, you ruined my life in the sixth grade. <laughs> I was like, yes. I love that. I love that I ruined his life in the sixth grade. I, I, uh, you know, I, and I loved hearing the booze coming back. But you know, as you know, what was great about uh, the Mets fans. They were all like, Wainwright, we freaking hate your guts, but you, you know, respect. You did pretty good. You did good. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, uh, you did all right. You know, it's funny. I want to go back to the very beginning because. You're drafted by the Atlanta Braves, and you're a kid from Georgia. And one thing we hate more than even maybe you and the St. Louis Cardinals is the Atlanta Braves. Like, the Atlanta Braves are 
our arch nemesis. And I remember seeing that trade go down and I was surprised like freaking Braves traded a Georgia kid for freaking JD drew. How did you take that as a Georgia kid, as a prospect when you're traded by the Atlanta Braves to the St. Louis Cardinals? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, um, grew up the biggest Braves fan in the history of the world. Another reason I hate you. Um, I mean, just like it couldn't be bigger, Mm. you know, I, I probably would have named my kid Shay if Chipper hadn't done it, you know, before I was drafted. Um, Very good. But uh, just like we patterned our days around those games, you know, like I know a lot of Mets fans do. But, you know, those 90s years with the Braves, you know, can I was really kind of growing up um, born in the 80s. You know, we 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 suffered through the the really hard times as Atlanta Braves fans, but I never took my Dale Murphy jer- jersey off. Um, and then, but then, you know, the nineties were like this great reward when they traded for Smoltz and they got Glavin and Maddox in there and Maddox from the Cubs. And then, you know, they signed all these really cool veteran players. And I still remember, this is why I really love meeting fans out in the public. I remember meeting Lonnie Smith in the Atlanta mall when I was six years old, mm. you know, and he was, and he was just so cool to me. He was great to me. And I'll just never forget that. I remember I still, I'm 42 years old, right? You know, I remember that now. And so I feel like those are special moments that you shouldn't botch. But, you know, up there, I don't know if y'all can scroll up enough, but at the top left there, uh, Brian Snickers' bobblehead is up there. He was my double-A <laughs> manager wow. with the Atlanta Braves wow. um, farm system. So, But you know what? When I got traded away from the Braves, it was a good time for me to have a fresh start. I needed to kind of reset. I got sort of passed up by a few other prospects in the system and and uh i kind of had a bad reputation for you know maybe being lazy or being late and so i I wanted to reset that and and uh and that was a well-earned reputation by the way really um and so uh i needed to reset and trade get a trade to the cardinals by the way when i found out i was getting traded i was uh asking my future father-in-law for his permission to marry his daughter you know when you're when you're having that conversation and you're like all right sir i'm you know i really want to settle down and you know, you know, everything's kind of on a path to, oh, it just got changed 180. So now we're going to St. Louis <laughs> potentially. So uh, that was in the middle of that conversation when I found out I was traded. I was very grateful uh, that I got traded to a great organization, you know, the winning franchise. And looking at it now, it's the greatest thing that ever happened in my baseball career. No question about it. Now, do you remember your major league debut? I assume you do. Like I do a radio show with an athlete, Tiki Barber. You may have heard of him. Oh yeah. Good, decent football player. And it's funny what he remembers and what he doesn't remember. Like there's certain things about his career. He remembers specifically. So it's always fascinating to hear that, but your MLB debut, do you remember specifically kind of everything about it? Cause as you probably yeah. recall, it was against the New York Mets. It was. And, um, and I remember there's several things I remember about it specifically, but um, I had two outs. I gave up a leadoff hit to a little Japanese second baseman guy. I can't remember his name. I'll help you um, out. Kaz Matsui. Yeah, yeah Kaz Matsui. I gave up a leadoff hit there and then ended up working my way around. I had two guys on. I had two guys out. Um, and I had a one-two count, maybe a two-two count, but I think one-two count on Victor That's Diaz. right. And uh, Victor was a guy I faced in the minor leagues you know, 65 times, uh, we came up together against each other. I think maybe even draft the same year, maybe coming out of, I think he came out of the Dominican. He might've been drafted a year or two before me, but we met up in the same, you know, rookie ball, a ball, you know, double a 
we we faced each other that first day in the but to, the the thing about what I remember most about that was Victor never hit a home run off me by the way never not ever you can ask him the minor leagues never hit a home run off me um, had great success off Victor he was the Mets top prospect and I was one of the Braves top prospects but I went four seams at the top curveball never had a hit on me now I mean not a, never he had some hits never had a home run. And then in the when I got to the Cardinals, I developed a slider. Uh, the Braves would never let me throw a slider. And I had a good one. And so I started throwing it. And I get to this count with Victor, and I went, he doesn't even know I have this slider. This is going to be devastating to him. He has no chance to hit this pitch. And I threw it down and away just where I wanted to. And that son of a gun hit a 200-mile-an-hour line drive over the bullpen in left center for a three-run bomb. And the other thing I remember about that, the second thing I remember about that, stuff, I remember almost every pitch I've ever thrown, if you can tell. I mean, I can tell um, right now. That's impressive, man. <laughs> um, but I, I remember that we were down by a few runs in that game, maybe three or four runs, and we put up a crooked number to get back to, to only losing by one run going into that inning. And so, like, you know, Tony La Russa was that kind of guy where he would warm you up for, like, if you were, like, kind of the long guy or, like, the – you know, you pitch the kind of the, the not important innings. Um, he would warm you up to go in those innings. But if but if you got back into the game, then he would put somebody else in. Well, and so that spot, I'm I'm there, I'm warming up, and and uh, we we go, you know, one down, and everybody's kind of looking over their shoulder, like, all right, who else is he going to get up? But he gave me a chance right there. He wanted to see what the young guy could do, and then I came in and quickly gave up a three-run bomb. So. Then I didn't pitch for almost a month again. Yeah, that, by the way, that was a period of time where we all thought Victor Diaz was going to be a superstar. Like, we were all convinced that guy's going to be the next great Mets star, and unfortunately, didn't exactly work out. Well, Victor was one of those guys that he had such a violent swing. Yeah. You know, it was like very much like Prince Fielder's swing from the right side. He would he would follow through and, and, and swing so hard that his bat hit the ground, like with a thud. You know, but he had major pop, a lot of potential. I'm not sure why that didn't work out. He was a great player. Yeah, no, we were confused too. So in 06, you're in the bullpen as a seventh and eighth inning guy, right? And then Jason Isringhausen gets hurt, and that's when you become the closer. At that point, are you thinking, I'm just a reliever, or were the Cardinals telling you, hey, look, eventually you're going to be a starter, but for now, this is what we need you to do? Man, I spent five and a half years in the minor leagues, um, toiling my life away while watching all these guys in the big leagues. At that point in my career, what the only thing I was concerned with at all was being a big league baseball player, big league pitcher, never going back to the minor leagues. And so um, luckily, I never did, you know, except for on rehab assignments. We were fortunate enough to stay up for a lot of years. But, um, you know, that was the main goal. I, I told... I told Tony Larusa, I said, "Man, I'll I'll do whatever you need. I will I will fill up the Gatorade buckets, mm. whatever I need. But I I gotta go. You know, I gotta go north." And so he made me earn it. But luckily, we did. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What, what were you? It was in that 06 year. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. The 06 was really my first 
full season. I don't know if you saw that year. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that year. I, I, and you okay. know what? I'll tell you this. We beat you and beat Jason Isringhausen on a game-winning home run by Carlos Beltran. And as the series was starting against you bastards in 06, and I love Izzy. Izzy was a great Met, and he's a great pitcher. But because, as a fan, we had the memory of Beltran taking him deep, that memory was in my effing mind when you were closing out games, specifically in Game 7, because my thought was, I know Carlos can hit him. I'm not sure about you, because... You were freaking unknown. Like, you're this kid who became the closer the last week of the season, and you had a nasty curveball. That's all. I mean, as a baseball fan, all I knew about you, and that's dangerous. When you don't know much about a guy, you become dangerous. What were you thinking, by the way, as a closer getting this job with, like, days to go in the season that year? Yeah, I mean, it really was days to go. I I think what what prepared me for that moment, I got to tell you a quick story, but – also, I got to brag on my, my manager and pitching coach a little bit. Tony and Tony LaRusso and Dave Duncan did such a great job of bringing me along uh, slowly at, a, at appropriate times, pitching me in bigger moments when I earned them and when I was ready for it, and brought me along to when I got to that spot, you know, I was ready for it. But also, uh, got to tell you this story. It takes five minutes. Um, hopefully, that's all right. It's a five-minute exactly story. You can time it. Um, uh, so when I was in the minor leagues, I was I came up with the Braves, then get traded to the Cardinals. But it didn't matter. Every minor league year, I had very high ups, very low downs, very inconsistent player, um, and just uh, frustrating to to live your life like that and to play like that. You know, I, I knew I had some potential, but it just wasn't I wasn't figuring out a way to to hone in on it and master it just yet. So uh really superstitious man like couldn't wear blue jeans had to eat papa john's pizza the night before i pitch i love papa john's pizza but you know if you have to do that the night before you pitch then it's it's not a it's not a strengthening tool it's kind of a weakened tool because sometimes you go to these little minor league towns you don't have papa john's pizza right and so then i go into my start and i'm going well you know i didn't get to eat what i know i I pitch well with, so, you know, I'm probably screwed. You know, these kinds of things were going through my head, which is just ridiculous. And, um, and, uh, I got, when I was, uh, in double A with the Braves, I got, um, a chance to go to play for the, uh, 2003 Olympic qualifying team, team USA. And, and, uh, I get there, I'm supposed to be like the number two pitcher. Dave Stewart's my pitching coach. Frank Robinson's my manager. And he says, um, he sees my first bullpen session. Dave sort of sees my first bullpen and he goes, dude, that was, man, you got some great stuff. This is going to be cool. Yeah. You're pitching game two. We're going down here. We're going to go to Panama. We're going to qualify, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, great, let's do this. So we're out in the fall, Arizona fall league, getting ready for this thing. And I pitched a couple of times and just got my absolute lunch handed to me each time, you know, it was terrible. And, uh, and Dave Stewart called me into the office or to the hotel room one day with Frank Robinson. And he said, man, we cannot take you with us on quality. You're just not ready. Mm. You're just not ready. You, you, your mind is in a bad spot. And until you learn how to believe in yourself, you're not going to make it. Well, then I get traded. And I found out I got traded because there was like six or seven or eight guys in a room, all the big guys from the brass, from the Braves. Uh, and seven of the eight said, dude, get this guy out of here, man. Get him for J.D. Drew. Yeah, send him. This guy's never going to make it. This, the, between the right. ears is not there, man. You know, it's just not there. 
And so then uh, I go to the Cardinals, and that's that same year that we talked about uh, Victor hitting the home run off me. I'm the only one that got sent home from the playoff, uh, before the playoffs. All the other young guys, we only called up like three or four guys. They went on the trip. Mm. They went to experience it. They went to get their, you know, to, to experience the playoffs, see the crowds and feel the game and be there just in case, you know, just see somebody down so they can help. Not me. I got sent out and I went into the office and I didn't even know I was getting sent out. I wore a suit to the field and brought my bags ready to go. And uh, Jason Marquis pulled me aside and said, dude, I don't think you're going. I said, man, what? I got the stuff. Nobody told me. He said, go talk to Tony. I go to talk to Tony. Tony says, dude, it ain't going to work. You know, you got to get home. Get You got to get a lot better. Can't use you. Okay, so that offseason, for my offseason, Cardinals are still playing. They're playing against the Astros. Pujols hits that dramatic yes. home run off Brad yeah. Lidge. Uh, and I'm watching it, and I should be excited, right? But I'm, I'm just kind of torn up about it. So I, I go outside. I turn off the TV. I go outside. It's dark outside. I get in this little John boat. I have this little lake behind my house and little pond. I just pedal out in there and I just start calling out. I'm like, God, why am I going through all these struggles, man? Why is it up and down? And why is all these guys getting promotions and I'm getting sent out and I get traded because I'm not ready? And like, why is everybody wrong? And like, man, why can't they see? And like, yeah, like Bobby Cox and these guys, they don't know what they're talking about. And Tony LaRusso doesn't know what he's talking about. And Dave Stewart doesn't know what he's talking about. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Wait a second. That's a lot of really Hall of Fame caliber people right there to not know what they're talking about. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Maybe it, maybe it actually was my mm. fault. Maybe it was my problem and not their problem. Maybe it wasn't what they weren't seeing. Maybe it was what I wasn't doing. And so right there on the spot, I looked up to God and I committed to him right there on the spot. I said, Lord, from now on, I am going to throw every pitch like it's the last pitch of the World Series. Every single rep in the gym, like it's the last pitch of the World Series. Every practice throw, like it's the last pitch mm. of the World Series. I'm going to hit uh, this spot with such intent that it's the last pitch of the World Series. I'm going to make pitches like it's the last pitch of the World Series, and everything's going to matter that much, and I'm going to take this thing serious. I'm going to take my my craft serious, finally. And so I went, I did that every day, all offseason. All offseason long, I get, get into spring training, and I see Dave Duncan and Dave, before I even threw the first pitch says, you look different. Mm. And I said, yes, sir. And he says, what's different? I said, just watch. So I throw my bullpen. Long story short, I pitch, I think I threw nine games at spring training. I struck out 14 guys, gave up two hits, made the team. Tony calls me in the office and says, how in the world did you do that? You were my last guy last year. We almost didn't invite you to big league camp. Like what was, I mean, what has happened? I said, I'll tell you after the season. He goes, keep that attitude. You're going north with us. I said, yes, sir. That season, I started out as a long guy. I worked my way up pitching the sixth inning. And I was pitching the seventh inning. And I was pitching the eighth inning. Izzy goes right. down. I get a big opportunity. I finally step into that role. They brought me along slow. I pitched the ninth inning like one time yeah. only. One time right. only against the Brewers at the very last couple of days of the season. And I threw three warm-up pitches to get ready for that because Braden Looper was warming up. And they pulled him off, and they got me ready and uh, gave me the first save-up, my first real save-up that season. But then I closed out 
the NLDS and LCS in the World Series. And Tony calls me back in the office afterwards. This is a really long story. I'm condensing. He calls me back in the 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 uh, office afterwards, and he says, "All right, you told me you'd tell me. Now you got to tell me how did that happen?" And I said, "Tony, you don't understand." And I told him the story, and I said, "I closed out the World Series all off season." I closed out the World Series all spring training long. I closed out the World Series all season long, 62 times. And then I did it five, seven more times or whatever it was in the postseason, mm -hmm. nine more times, whatever it was. So by the time I get to close out the World Series, I'd already closed it out 73 times or whatever it was. So it was an old right. hat. And the only thing he said was, he goes, I'll be damned. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, now all I got to decide is if you're a starting pitcher or a right. closing pitcher. He said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to pitch the first nine or the ninth, nothing in between. And he said, that's fair. 